Welcome to the Media Nerds Podcast. I'm Dan Vettabonker. And I'm Kenton Larson. And before we get going with today's uh, episode, Oscar nominations are out today. Yeah, so I got up early to watch them on TV. Did and guess really? what? They're not on TV. Oh, no. They're not really? on TV anywhere, no. I did not know so that. So then I, I went to the Twitter feed and they were there. Did they stream anything? Don't they do announcements they, with the people? Well, they they well, they well did. It was uh, the guy from Silicon Valley. <laughs> and of course, I should know his name, but I don't. Which guy? Uh, well... <laughs> I'm not going to use. I'm not going to use the descriptor. That would be the easiest way to describe him. <laughs> Does that help? No, that doesn't help at all. I have no. He idea is a non-white member oh. of Silicon Valley. His name I can't remember. Can we, so can now we, it just makes me look Gianni. terrible. Oh, that's right. That makes me look terrible. That's and he was there with a uh, with someone uh, someone else, <laughs> a woman who I'm not unfamiliar with. Uh, um, from the Big Sick. You, have you seen The Big Sick? I have. Yeah, that's a great movie. Is that is that where the woman's from? I don't know, but he's from The Great... Yeah, he the, is, yeah. That's why he was there. Right. Because uh, he was nominated or won or something last year for The Big Sick. It's always somebody who won in previous years. Uh, just hang on a second. Uh, oh, well, it doesn't matter. So he was there. Okay. <laughs> he was there announcing them. But it was on Twitter, and maybe I know who was announcing them if the screen was bigger. But I was watching it on my phone. And oh, okay. they delivered it. So it was at 7.20. I dutifully turned on CNN and there That's was nothing. Early. Yeah, yeah, and I got up early. They're in LA, so they're like five twenty. Oh yeah, morning? why oh, are they doing it that early? By the way, uh, there's there was no end to the ins- to the uh, ridiculous boy, it's early jokes. There's about <laughs> ten thousand of them in between the Oscar announcements, and they did them in two blocks for no apparent reason. Okay, where they did the first block of stuff you don't care about, and then they did a st- second block of the stuff you care more about, and so uh, so there was nothing, and then there then ultimately I think the Today Show got around to them. Half an hour later, or something, but they didn't. They were not aired on TV live as they sometimes are. Wow, well, interesting. Yeah. We'll we'll get into that a little bit later. We're going to talk yeah. about the nominees and what uh, what's deserved and who got snubbed and whether we care about any of it. Um, but first, of course, I want to talk about. Uh, I want to mention that I'm part of a, a presentation here in Winnipeg. If you live in the Winnipeg area and you want to learn a little bit more about podcasting, you should come out and check me and uh, check me out. And uh, <laughs> check out Terry O'Reilly. Terry O'Reilly from uh, from Under the Influence. Yeah. This is a special presentation by the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce. I didn't know you were going to be there. Yeah. Oh, I told you that. I didn't realize. What was that I it talking was... about this whole time? I have been seeing promotions. For the Terry O'Reilly thing, left and right, and I thought that was a different event. No, it's the same event. Oh, I'm, so I'm, can I I'm get a, in for free? No, or what? I'm opening. Uh. I'm opening for Terry O'Reilly. Uh. I'm like the. I'm like the. Um, <laughs> who used to was it like a comedian before Pink Floyd? Like what used to happen like that where they have a weird opening act? Was that? I don't remember. There was I was telling a story Floyd. today. I opened for Fresh IE. There you go. Once <laughs> as a comedian, as a comedian, by the way, I'm not a rapper. Right, right. And let's just say the demo left something to be desired. Oh no! As I went up there. Um, no. But so- but but uh, yeah, but that's that's great because and for people who don't know, Terry O'Reilly is the preeminent voice of advertising right. in Canada. Yeah. And it could be because he reports on it for CBC on his podcast that you just mentioned. But he he's the, he's sort of the go to guy to weigh in when there's something new going on in and advertising. What I'm doing there is I'm giving a presentation to local business owners about um, podcasting and how they can start a podcast. So it's kind of like the same information I give to the students. Um, so it's basically kind of a rundown of what kind of equipment you need, what kind of mm-hmm. software you need, and and that kind of stuff. So that's going to be I'm going to be doing at uh, at the convention center on Friday. So if you're interested. I think it's thirty-five bucks, which I think is well worth it for Terry O'Reilly. I'm not worth thirty-five bucks, but so Terry the, O'Reilly is. So it's thirty-five bucks. What time? I believe it starts at two-ish, one or two. I'm on at two, so I should on say Friday. On Friday, yes. 
I might be able to go to that. All right, you should come to that. Maybe you can be my you can be my plant in the audience. <laughs> I need to test out the anchor thing. I give you can be my plant, and we can use it to promote our podcast. When things go horribly sideways, I will just pretend I don't know anybody or anything. <laughs> I'll just get the hell out of there if things go sideways. So, if, they, if they don't respond to what you're selling, then what should I do? Just look blankly and pretend you don't know anything going. Yeah, just do what you, you said. Oh, you, in my favorite book of all time, Lucky Jim, he's delivering a speech, and he tell and his friends in the audience, and he goes. If I scratch both of my ears at the same time, pretend to pass out. Ah, there and we the, go. And the medical emergency will take the focus off this. of me. And then he forgets that, and then he touches both of his ears and they, during the speech. And then <laughs> the guy goes into the thing that he promised to do, but except things don't go quite as planned. Well, we should do no that. No spoilers. Let's so do let, why let's, don't, do let's do it. Okay. All right. Let's get into the nerd news. All right. Nerd news. younger uh nintendo entertainment system i had a nintendo 64 okay so nothing before that no super nintendo or no nope. regular one okay oh wait a sec oh no no i did not i had a sega genesis for a blink and you'll miss it moment but uh and in television to start with but i i never had skip that generation I, I never did have a nintendo anything i didn't either that. and actually i did also skipped it i went from atari to genesis so i didn't get that 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 and that was arguably the most popular that's what really Brought video games black back the Super Nintendo or sorry yeah. this is a regular Nintendo Entertainment System. This past weekend at an auction, a copy of The Legend of Zelda sold at auction. It was mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going to get you to guess how much you thought it sold for. This for, is for which system? For the Nintendo Nintendo Entertainment System. Yeah, it but was, which one? Which Nintendo Entertainment System? The Nintendo, the first one. Oh, the very first one. Yeah. They were okay, not the 64. No. Okay, because I had that on the 64, <laughs> and I was like, Are you about to tell me? That if I that I could be be rich if I hung. Well, no, that's what I was asking if you had the original one. But uh, the Nintendo, this is the original uh, Legend of Zelda. Mm -hmm. Now the thing about this one is that it was in a, um, it's still in the cardboard box with still in the packaging without with plastic and everything, never been opened. How much do you think that would be worth? A thousand (laughs) dollars. It went for three thousand three hundred sixty dollars. Wow! At auction, triple. Yes, you know why? Because Uh those. Okay, so Nintendo games came in these these cardboard boxes, which we just threw away. Right. Okay, there was also a little plastic sleeve that you put the cartridge mm-hmm. in, but most people would throw away those those cardboard boxes. So they're very it's very rare to find games in the box, first of all, hmm. and to find it in the box unopened. And a game as popular as Zelda, that's like really really hard to find. So it's a very very rare hmm. uh, occurrence. So this is just the story talking about how these games went for. What were the other games on in this auction here? Uh, Dragon Warrior went for six hundred sixty dollars, and 1985's Excite Bike went for eleven hundred dollars. In auction. Was so. there any in television games? No, 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 there were not. Because ah, I, I still have Night Stalker in the uh, opened oh, box. Oh, that's the one. Uh, that's the, that's that the one? band one. No, that was, the band one was the one. Is Which that the one? one where he's like kidnapping girls or something? No, Night Stalker was the one where you're basically running around a maze and there's bats and spiders 
and there's always bats. Something else chasing you, and you can shoot them by picking up little gun icons, but they only give you three bullets. So there was that, and I think the other one was Lock and Chase, which was in television's Pac-Man ripoff. Oh, of course, but which I got very good at back yeah. in the day. But always I, a Pac-Man ripoff. Yeah. Yeah, they needed that. Every every base, every system needed its own Pac-Man. So yeah. that was in televisions. But yeah. that's that's very interesting. And and that some some guy in Edmonton sold a Jawa for a million dollars. That's right. Said, yeah, you that? sent me that. You, you, I retweeted yeah. on the uh, the uh, Media Nerds Twitter account. Yeah, that was another uh, rare toy that uh, got because it had the original like coat, which was. Uh, the vinyl cape. vinyl cape, not the fabric yeah. one. I have later. the vinyl cape Jawa in mint condition, but not on the box. Ah, so okay. I think it, there was a, in the article it said that that I can't remember how much two thousand for that or something. And I was like, boy, that's uh, that's pretty generous. I bought it for two hundred, and oh. I felt ripped off <laughs> back in the day. But uh, but uh, it's interesting. It, it just it does seem like I always thought that hanging on to old games and old uh, collectibles out of the box was money in the bank. But it, we sort of entered a new era where. And I've even noticed this on Instagram and stuff where it's all in box collecting now appears to be what most people um, sort of in the business of collecting what it is they're after. Yeah. Less so. Like I uh, it used to just be I'd be happy to find a used whatever, whatever I needed to finish off the collection. But it looks like there's people's paying for Star Wars figures on the card like exorbitant amounts. And I think same for the classic video well, games. But the other thing is that uh, people these days, of course, now video games themselves are, are becoming a thing of the past. Mm-hmm. There's, soon, I think with this next generation, whatever comes up Downloads. Next, it's going to be all downloaded. Yeah. There's going to be any physical discs or anything. But um, but because everything's sold in boxes and the collectors keep them in boxes, the rarity of it is going to go down. These are not going to be as valuable as they once were because – everybody's going to have the same thing in a box. It's yeah. not going to be like, oh, this is rare because everyone took took it out and threw away the packaging. That's why this game is rare. That's why Star Wars figures are rare in the packaging because everyone threw away the packaging and they played with the toys. Go yeah. figure. That sounds like Halloween. Probably, not- ba- probably based on Halloween. You're not, you're not picking that up? No, give me a second. Okay. Keep it going. Oh, this is going to drive me crazy. I should know what this is. All right, I give up. It's Unsolved Mysteries. Oh, Unsolved Mysteries. I, I watched every one of those. <laughs> How come you don't know the theme song? Because uh, without hearing Robert Stack's, <laughs> Stack's voice, yes, I was just dulcet gonna, tones. That was going to be my hint to you. Yeah. Picture. I was going <laughs> to do that was Rod Serling, but I was going to do like he's his voice is iconic and it goes with the. The music actually sounded more like Robert Stack there. That was pretty good. <laughs> It was a man. Uh, <laughs> I can't think of anything he says. No, what would what would he say? He would say. Well, he'd say tonight on unsolved. Tonight on unsolved mysteries, a man driven, driven to mad things. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm just my brain's off today. Anyway, was he driven to death or distraction? That's yes, right. Like there'd be like some very very rhetorical very, question. Very very like the way they set that up. It was so much fun to watch. And it was not only was it, I mean, a lot of them were like murder cases and stuff and and that kind of stuff. But there was a lot of like UFOs and Mm -hmm. and paranormal stuff. And really, that was kind of the original show for that kind of thing as far as a popular show in pop culture. So now they're bringing it back for Netflix. One of the producers of Stranger Things is going to be on board with this. They're going to create a new series of Unsolved Mysteries. I don't know who they're going to have. Let's see here. 
What's this? Dennis Fer- Dennis Farina hosts a revival on Spike from 2008 to 2010. <laughs> I had no idea. But he's dead, and so is Robert Stack. So I don't know who the host is going to be. Who do you think would make a good host for this? Oh, boy. Replacing. You can't replace Robert Stack. You you really Whose can't. idea is this? Let's, anyway. bring, let's bring him well, back. You need, well, okay. You need an actor with gravitas whose better days are past him, but who we'd be happy to see. Like, that was kind of Robert Stack back in the day. Oh, I was going to say Tom Selleck, but he's still on TV. Uh, Bill Cosby's not out of prison yet. <laughs> uh, let's see. Too soon. Uh, um, that's a good question. Oh, probably. No, let's change it up the genders. I think we're going to. I think a woman will host it. Sure. And I think uh, Rosie O'Donnell. I don't know. I can't, I'm having trouble thinking of somebody, someone who's like appropriately who Meredith would, Vieira or whatever her name is. Oh, probably. Like, That's like almost new, too predictable. Like a news though. person, like a Katie Couric or something like that. But but Rosie O'Donnell would be unpredictable. But at the Rosie same, O'Donnell. she'd be unpredictable. But at the same time, she would be very. I have a feeling. I can take her seriously. I think no. I think she has. I think she likes conspiracy theories. I have a feeling she does. Um, so William Shatner is also hosted a sub- oh! show. William Shatner is also done. Yeah, but he also was, good. He was also the host of, uh, at the same time as Unsolved Mysteries, he was the host of Rescue 911, yeah. which was like a similar formatted st- st- show with 911. Is Lee Majors still alive? <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I didn't come up with a No, with it's a okay. Well, let's, uh, let's ask the listeners. You guys, tweet us your suggestions for the host. Do we know? It didn't, that wasn't no, part of the no, announcement? All the announcement was that they're rebooting it. I did so. see that announcement. You'd think I'd be more excited considering I watched every single episode back in the day. But I think I also think that that was back in the day we, we had no choice. There's like nothing on at that hour. It used to be on Wednesdays, maybe. Yeah, on, yeah, yeah. But it was still a prime time show. It was on like yeah. seven or eight o'clock at night. But yeah, there was nothing else competing. Did it start with it. in the '80s or was it the '90s? It's got to be the late '80s. I'm sure it was the okay. late '80s into the '90s. I yeah. think I remember watching it when I was in creative communications as a student. It um it also paired very well with the X Files. Like yeah. that kind of stuff really went well. And the X Files was kind of its contemporary for a little bit there. There was a little bit of overlap. Because the X-Files started in the early 90s. Yeah, so. there's a lot supernatural. Leonard Nimoy is in search yes, of. Yes, yes. Like, there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of that. Oh, and did you see that they're doing um, uh, the show Project Blue Book? I saw this, and yes. that was Project UFO when yes, I was a kid. I'm right. sure that's a reboot. Is it? Is it a reboot well, it's, or it's, is it just? It's based on the same, it's not a reboot, but it's based on, the, like, the Project Blue Book is an actual thing that the military did. So mm-hmm. it's based on that. Like the the military U.S. military study of UFOs or whatever is what it's about. I used to be really into this stuff. Like I was. Oh yeah, so, me too. Me too. When I was uh, watching X Files, I was so into the UFO theories, and I really did think that aliens were here and stuff. Like I was right into this when I was in my twenties. I was older than you, so I had to go to the school library to take out a book on UFOs. <laughs> no, I did too. I did yeah. that as well. Yeah, it was yeah. before internet. For I sure. took out books and and I looked at UFOs, and I was like, that'd be cool. If there was a UFO, and then in the first episode of Project UFO, I remember that. I remember watching it, and at the end, they're like, well, I guess we'll never find out if the UFO actually is, existed. And it's the classic ending of a show back in that era, and everybody leaves, and the camera pans to the field, and you see a burned kite on the side, <laughs> of, the, on the side of a foam pole. And it was like, they think they don't exist, but they didn't see the burned kite. <laughs> Something like that. There's a lot of that going on in that show. That's so awesome. my, I, I look forward to the same thing with Project Blue Book. Yes. And we'll keep an eye on the Unsolved Mysteries and we'll watch it when it comes out. I'm sure it'll be really good. Uh, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a, this could be one of those that was of its time and that all we prove is that audiences have fragmented so much that maybe this show can't float maybe, maybe. anymore. Yeah. There's a lot of like... There's a lot of like ghost shows and a lot of paranormal shows, Bigfoot shows. Yeah. They all have they all have kind of a niche audience, yeah. but there's nothing like that that's mainstream anymore. 
Uh, okay, that's it for the Nerd News. Let's take a quick break and come back, and we'll talk about the Oscar nominations on the Media Nerds podcast. Sure. There. Uh, well, I mean, uh, in terms of a broad thing to say to start with, yeah. there are Oscar snubs, as there always are. But I think overall, this was maybe the least surprising list <laughs> going in that I've ever seen. I don't think there was there was almost nothing that popped up that made me squeal with delight and well, go, yeah, oh, they got, oh, they squeezed it. Like if if the um, the actor from eighth grade, if the main actor there, if she would have been nominated, I would have been pretty excited about that. There's a few few things like that that just didn't come to be. Like there were snubs, but there were no surprises. Really. Right. Like that was like, okay, well, it all seems pretty straight ahead. You know what? The Hollywood Reporter always does, like going in, they do three Oscar predictions. And um, Feinberg, does, uh, uh, who always reports on the movies oh, yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. He does, we used to listen to his podcast when he had one. Yep. And... Um, they and so he he lumps them into will probably be nom- nominated possibly and possible spoiler nominees and really none of the possible spoiler nominees came to be yeah so it's pretty pretty straight straightforward and and looking at the diversity of the nominees and everything like that i think no, no woman being in the directors yeah, for instance that's like a big issue, right yeah. i think that's the that's the one that stands out this year but let's uh but and there's a major oversight in documentaries, but we'll talk about that when we get there, okay. maybe. Let's start with makeup. Everyone, oh, everyone's, well, everyone's favorite category. This was the first upset because uh, the nominees are Border, yeah, Mary Queen of Scots, mm-hmm. and Vice. Well, uh, as I always say, it's the facial prosthetic that wins. So where the hell is Rami Malek? Come on, he, of the he, yes, he <laughs> should be, not only should should. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody be nominated we should all go oh yes the mouthpiece oh yes and then and then at the Oscars they'll go they'll show clips from the movie and you'll see the mouthpiece 500 times that's what I was expecting and then inevitably it would win since that's not there it's got it and I'm this is not our prediction show but I'm telling you now, it's going to Vice because that has the most facial prosthetic. Well, it's got that, but also, um, what's this? What's Border about? Doesn't matter. Looks like a. Are there facial looks, prosthetics? Yeah, yeah, there are facial. Oh prosthetics. no! <laughs> it's a guy who's got something on his face. I can't see it quite. This photo doesn't maybe do it justice. It's a reflection, but he's got something wrong with his face. Uh, Vice. The the big thing in Vice is the transformation of uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, and I think that that was all the he gained the weight for that. So that's not. Prosthetics, although his wig it's, it's is a combo. His bald, his bald cap is prosthetic. <laughs> it's a pretty convincing bald cap. But is it a bald uh, cap or did he well, shave it? I, I don't know. Well, he might have shaved it. I don't know. He might. He He's a go, real actor. He would go that far. Yeah. For sure. He's no Gene Hackman. <laughs> Gene Hackman refused to shave his head for Lex Luthor. That's right. That's my favorite. I love that. It's like, yeah, I'll play him. Okay, we're gonna need to shave your head. I don't think so. No, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> That's how those negotiations went. All right, let's do. Uh, uh, All right. Best adapted screenplay. Yep. Uh, the nominees are A Star Is Born. Mm-hmm. Ballad of Buster Scruggs, Black Klansman, If Beale Street Could Talk, and Can You Ever Forgive Me? Um, I've only seen, of these, I've only seen a, a Ballad of Buster Scruggs so far, but I do want to see Black Klansman. I will be... Uh, I, I have will be, seen it. Yeah, I'll be watching that soon. Um, I the, liked... Buster Scruggs was fine. Can You Ever Forgive Me is about writing. 
So I think a screenplay nominee about who, writing who has the McCarthy is in it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have not watched it yet, we're but not, I, we're not making predictions. I'm just no, no, yeah. no. But that, this is just sort of my insight into it, which is, hey, if it's called screenplay and the film's about writing, uh, I think I know how this is going. Adaptation. That's a good example. We'll right. Yeah. Usually, it usually comes to pass. Yeah, for sure. Barton Fink. That's another one about a writer. Sure. I think that one won as well. Did, did that win? I believe so. For screenplay? Yeah. And usually the, usually the best actual movie wins screenplay. Well, best. Because uh, it was original and adapted. Yeah. Best yeah. original is like the, you always say the best original is the one that should have won best yeah. um, picture. So this year, uh, the best original screenplay nominees are The Favorite, First Reformed, Green Book, Roma, and Vice. Um, well, I, I think about Vice. I keep hearing critics have panned Vice. Yeah, it's not doing like critics have not liked it. I don't I've, feel pumped to see it. To tell well, you the I, truth, I kind of do because I really, I still love that trailer. I love that like whole way they put it together. But it's because it's is it too political? Are people not liking the way they're portraying Dick Cheney? He's kind of a monster. I think that's kind of the way he is and the way like the, they portrayed him. You know, the thing I heard that makes me not want to see it, but I will. The thing I heard. Was it's like Step Brothers, except it's Dick Cheney and George W. Bush. Oh, man. And I went like, ah, that doesn't really no, sound the, like it's for me. Dick Cheney was supposed to be the smart one in that, too. Step Brothers, none of, neither They're, of them were smart. That's true. It was so, Dumb and Dumber, yeah, basically. Right. Well, then again, maybe this is too. Smart and Dumber. Um, Green Book is actually, the funny thing about yeah. Green Book is that it's, it's directed by and writ, partially written by Peter Farrelly of the Farrelly Brothers. Right. So speaking of Dumb and Dumber, um, that's... <laughs> That's a weird transition to make from that type of movie to a movie that is being critically acclaimed. Uh, Viggo Mortensen is a favorite to win uh, yeah. Best Actor in that. So, For, I, you know, I've seen First Reformed and Roma. They're both excellent. First yeah. Reformed is a real it's a real surprise. That Ethan one. Hawk, I've never even heard Ethan, of it. Ethan, uh, it's very, it's, uh, it's actually um, if you have Shaw right now, it is being shown on the movie or now newly do, branded Crave. Yeah, I do not have okay. that, but I, I will. I'm actually for gonna, free hook, hook on, back up. for free on Crave. So uh, and it's good. It is a good movie, and Ethan Hawke in particular is great. He's always. Uh, good. Gee, I wonder if he got snubbed, and oh, the answer yes. is yes, he yes, did. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah. right here, because oh, well, he would be in the uh, the actor category, right. right? Main actor. Okay, we'll get there. Uh, best supporting actor, Mahershal Ali, who won last year. Did you mm -hmm. not? Was it last year? For uh, um, was that last? No, that was two years ago, was wasn't it? it? Was it? Uh, Moonlight is that the yeah. is that last year or the, oh, last was, year was the uh, was the um, yeah last year was the we fixed our problems year last year was the fish sex year because of the oh. the fish sex in the in that's the, right. the shape of water oh that's right fish fucker one <laughs> or no wait, that that was or was that was that last year or was that the year <laughs> that was last year yeah. shape of water won best picture last year <laughs> fish fucker I, that's what the movie's called right I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Why didn't she drown? And how could yeah. the how could the bathroom fill with water like that? That's not even possible. By the way, it is a, a that is one watertight yeah, room. That is watertight room, and not just that. The title "Free Willy" was already taken. That would have been a better title. It would have been yes. had the double meaning. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's just an adult version of "Free Willy." Okay, best supporting <laughs> actor: Ali, uh, Adam Driver for Black Klansman. Nice to see a Star Wars actor in there. Yeah, but not for that. Uh, Sam Elliott in *A Star Is Born*. Richard E. Grant, another Star Wars actor. Can yeah. You Ever Forgive Me? And Vice, Sam Rockwell for Vice for his portrayal of George W. I think uh, Can You Ever Forgive Me could be could be a spoiler. Uh, it is not yet available on iTunes. It, I think it will be soon, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. So, although, you know what I noticed? Bohemian Rhapsody was supposed to be available this week. I was like, perfect. I will watch it tonight in honor of the... And then I checked it today, and it's, it looks like it's been pushed back to February now. Oh come on! I know Why? February the nominations. I, maybe. Come on. Oh, uh, maybe. This, or, or, or they had the wrong date there in the first place, or it was an estimation. 
something like that. I, it's rare that that changes, if it's, if though. If it's not in theaters anymore, which I don't yeah. think it is, it's got to be on demand, because otherwise, how are we going to watch it? Yeah, and we want to watch it in advance. We don't want to watch yeah, it after. No, nobody's going to watch it after. That's the mistake that they make all exactly. the time, yeah. They think that, they think that yeah. just being nominated is enough, but we want to watch the movies ahead of time so we can mm-hmm. cheer for the ones we like. Anyway, right. Um, uh, Sam Elliott is a favorite here. I, I kind of I want to refuse to watch A Star is Born. Me too. I'm really not watching it. it. No, I'm not interested. Um, I'm not interested in a movie remade for the third time. Like, can we no. not? If there's any movie that kind of epitomizes what's wrong with Hollywood, is that like, let's take a movie that's already been made twice before, or yeah. three times before, three times, and make it again. This is know? the third time. Oh, is this it is not. Third, I don't remember. There was one original. Yeah, you're right. It's the third think, time. Yeah. There was Barbara Streisand was the '70s, and there was another one but, earlier. But on. to me, the and, and it's and we're bringing in Lady Gaga, and you know that Bradley Cooper guy. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, okay, fine. Like, uh, he's a good actor. He's yeah. a he's a good director. Like th- that kind of stuff, you can take that away from that film that he can actually do these things, and he'll get yeah. good work out of that. But it's not something that I'm interested in in watching. I just don't think that uh, you know. I wish that we could just kind of get past that. It's just, oh, Lady Gaga can act. Bradley Cooper can act. Who knew? I did. He's Rocket Raccoon. He's awesome as Rocket Raccoon. Well, you know that um, I tweeted the day that movie came out. I tweeted, oh. uh a Star is Born made $10 million on the first day, which is interesting because that's how much you'd have to pay me to see it. <laughs> so I tweet that out, and it's like the joke's on me because that thing was a It did smash. very well, yeah. yeah. Um, and then Sam Rockwell uh, doing George W., that's basically the same thing he did in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. I think that role is that yeah. why Beeblebrox got him here. Oh, that's a good Well, I don't, I'm just joking. But, uh, but no, he, I think but, you're right. But he does, like, basically he portrays Zaphod as George W. because he's supposed right. to be a dumb president. And uh, and that's exactly what he's doing here. He he looks. I mean, there is makeup and prosthetics yeah. going on there, but he does. I mean, he's a good actor, and I don't know. I don't think he's going to win for it. But in, in that group, I, well, I'm not going to make a prediction yet. Well, know. we'll do our prediction yeah. show. Uh, Best supporting actress, Amy Adams for Vice. It seems like she's nominated yeah. every year for everything she's ever in, except Lois Lane, where uh, that right. is the, one of the worst. I mean, there's a lot of bad writing going on in some of those DC movies. Oh yeah. And and look no further than Lois Lane to see the worst of the writing. She's out actually of the DC universe. She's Is not she? going to be in any future movies. Well, they sure didn't use her. That's no, for sure. That's true. Um, Marina de Tavira for Roma. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to see Roma. That's uh, that's uh, Alfonso Cuarón. It is. It is. Uh, Roma is like um, it's it's almost like a fever dream or hypnosis or something where you 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 have to be in the right zone to watch that film. Okay. Because every shot looks like just so beautifully composed. It, every shot could be like a painting. It's so beautifully composed as a film, but it is not thrill a minute. Like it's a it's a deliberate, very deliberately paced. Like uh, you could, I imagine the storyboards look exactly the way the finished film looks. Okay. Very plotted, but very I, deliberate. He's, a, he's film. a great filmmaker. He does so many. Yeah. Like, every one of his movies is a departure from the previous one, and they're so experiment. Like even Birdman was so experimental in the way he put that together, making it look like yeah. one big shot. Uh, it was really a great film, and the other one he did, of course, is Gravity, and that mm-hmm. was also a very good film as well. So he's just got a great. I didn't see The Revenant; that was the one of his that I didn't see yet. So like, I liked it. That's you know he's he's been nominated before. Um, we're not even to the director part yet, but that's uh, that could be a favorite. Um, okay, Regina King for If Beale Street Could Talk. The only thing I remember her from is uh, she's uh, Cuba Gooding Jr.'s wife in Jerry Maguire. I know right. she's gone on to do other stuff, but it's good to see her getting some recognition. Emma Stone, who's also nominated quite often, and Rachel Weiss, both of those for The Favorite. What's The Favorite about? Uh, it's a period piece, and I would have seen it. Were it available on iTunes? They have uh-huh. the placeholder. They've got it. You can, you can pre-order it. It's like all loaded up, so probably any day. 
they'll pull the trigger on that one. But but it looks good. It, it like looks to... good. It looks it almost looks like Monty Python and Victorian times. Like oh. that I've seen a well, but I don't know. Like I've only seen clips, right? right? And the clips by definition will be the most entertaining sort of thing that doesn't give away the plot. So what I've seen so far looks good. I, I'm I'm I eagerly await it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, best actor: Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley mm-hmm. Cooper, A Star Is Born, Willem Dafoe, another kind of perennial um, uh, nominee mm-hmm. uh, for it, At Eternity's Gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. Uh, again, I've not seen any of these, but I will. I'll, I'll see all of them except yeah. for A Star Is Born. Me too. Um, I don't think he can win. I don't. I don't think, I don't he think can so win either. I, I think you know it's it's enough to be recognized for him. Yeah. I think it's going to go to Christian Bale. That's just off the top of my head. We'll see when I watch the movies. But that, like you said, you said many times, Hollywood loves the transformation. The fact that this guy did this to himself, although he's got to stop. Like I remember Tom Hanks talking about that. How he used to do that. Like gain weight and lose weight like for castaway he lost a ton of weight to look all skinny mm-hmm. and it's just not good for your health like he's got diabetes now because of that because yeah. of he did all that stuff so yeah uh, it's not good for your health to do that but uh he did it and vigo is always a he's always a favorite of mine he's always excellent in everything he is in and uh i be, wouldn't be surprised to see him get it as well i don't think it's going to go to rami malik i don't think that's a you know yeah um, uh best actress yalita uh, par- i'm gonna screw this up Aparicio Roma, Glenn Close for The Wife, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Lady Gaga, A Star is Born, Melissa McCarthy. What? Uh, how about Melissa that? Melissa McCarthy is nominated for an Oscar? But that's the uh, that's the same movie. Can you ever forgive me? Oh, yeah. It's about, okay. I think, I, 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 hey, I'm probably mischaracterizing this. I believe it's about her, a writer who ultimately plagiarized, or does she plagiarize or does she make up stories? I can't remember which it is, but it's a it's a disgraced writer, I think. Interesting, but, I, but hey, I might have it wrong. And part part of the reason why I'm not 100 percent sure is because I like going into movies with only the vaguest yeah. idea of That's what it is. A good idea, yeah. I don't want to hear like I hate it when you read when you see the TV guide and it tells you. Like I actually saw a movie. I saw a movie this week called Leave No Trace. It's an excellent movie, and there was some talk like maybe it could squeeze in surprise nominee kind of thing. And the problem, and I really liked it. I thought it was a really good movie. Leave No Trace, and from last year. But when you, I made the mistake of watching the trailer on iTunes about a month earlier, and there, it just, oh, there's a little too much in that trailer that it actually spoiled um, some of the magic of the film. I still loved it, but there were still things like, I wish I wouldn't have known going into the film. So, so that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying not to watch the previews. I'm trying to stay away. From, yeah, that's a good idea. I, I'm not reading reviews in great detail. Like, clearly, just, I'm, I'm, I'm a, kind of surprised by some of these nominations. So I, was, I wasn't yeah. really sure what that movie was. Um, on to Best Director. Though These are not that surprising. Well, all, except No Woman. Yeah, except No Woman, right. which is not surprising. Uh, it, I, although, What's-Her-Face made the joke last year. Um, I don't remember who made the joke about it, but all the uh, uh, all these men and... Whoever the woman was, there was one woman nominated for Best Picture, uh, Best Director, I think. Last year? Yeah. How soon we forget? Lady Bird, the girl, the woman who directed Lady Bird, whoever that is. Um, I love that movie. But that was the the person (laughs) presenting said, and the, the, all these men and -and so-and-so, Greta Gerwig is the name of the director. Mm. Um, uh, I don't remember who, who made the joke. I'm blanking. Anyway, see how quickly, yeah, we do forget quickly, really. Like as soon as it's done, it's out of our minds and who cares? Anyway. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, Yorgos Lanthimos for The Favorite, Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Adam McKay for Vice, Pavel Pavlovsky for Cold War, which is no other nominations. 
So I don't think that one's going to win. Mm-hmm. But that's like the one that stands out as the weird one to me. Um, Adam McKay has been legit since he, uh, of course, he's the one who brought us The Hangover and all those mm-hmm. movies. But he's been legit since uh, The Big Short, yeah, uh, which was a I thought it was pretty good. It was a fun movie. Um, and of course, Spike Lee, I love everything that Spike Lee does is awesome. So I'm very much looking forward to that. So I don't know. It's interesting to see. And now here we go with the the. This is I still have an issue with this. I still have an issue with ten nominees for best picture. <laughs> Every other category, it's five. They decide to open it up to ten just so they can try to sell more movie tickets, get right. more people interested in these movies. Make us have to try to watch stuff that isn't available on iTunes as fast as we humanly can. Exactly. And I, ironically, one of the ones that got in there because of this was Black Panther, which was right. uh, everyone's talking about today because it's the first superhero movie to be nominated for Best Picture. And by the way, I didn't really care so much. For right. No, no, but here's the thing. From a storytelling I, basis, I just didn't care for so it. So I shared that on the FanQuest yeah. um, social media this morning, and there were a number of comments under the post saying it wasn't even the best Marvel movie last year. Like, a lot of people are saying yeah. that. Like, I agree. People liked... Uh, certainly, most people liked uh, Infinity War better. I thought the Ant Man one was pretty good as well. I actually liked um, Ant Man the best. Yeah, of the no, three. I, I think strangely I, I think enough, I did as well. I never um, thought I'd be saying that, but I did. But uh, the I think the reason, obviously, the reason it's nominated is because of what it represents, because mm-hmm. it's a milestone in in filmmaking where you know you have this completely African American cast, almost except for what's his face from except for Frodo Baggins. Um, but, uh, Andy Serkis. And, no, he's Go- Ga- Gollum, the other yeah. guy who plays Frodo Baggins. Yeah, but he in, was in it too. Oh, uh, uh, sorry, I always do that. Bilbo Baggins. He plays Bilbo Baggins in the newer ones. Oh, uh, him, Martin Freeman. Yeah, that's right. That guy. Ah, ha, ha. we finally got around to it. <laughs> oh, it's awful. Anyway, so but, but it is like it's a kind of a land, black director and, and black cast, and, and it's, it's okay for what it is, but it isn't the strongest story, and it is... I don't know. It well, is not the best Marvel movie to come out, in my opinion. Um, I even think there were probably better superhero movies. Uh, oh, one of the they don't even talk about the um, the animated because the animated films uh, uh, Spider Man better win the animated feature because that was incredible. Oh, but then Into yesterday the I saw Isle of Dogs yesterday. I, don't, oh. I try not I try not to say it fast because I hate I. I love dogs. I do love dogs as well. What's wrong with that? <laughs> I love dogs. But uh, but uh, nobody knows what you're talking about. That's the problem with a hilarious pun for a movie is that everyone's like, <laughs> I don't see any I love dogs here. And I, I don't see it. So an Isle of Dogs. As an uh, island of dogs. That is. That would have been a better name. That's a hell of a movie. Did you see it? I've not seen it yet. No. It's a hell Wes of a movie. Wes Anderson. It's a hell right. of a movie. Okay. It, it is. It surprised me in its creativity at every turn. Um, I don't know. I thought that was pretty damn great, but I have not seen Spider Verse yet. It was incredible. Um, hey, wow, that's interesting. It was really, really good. We you know, it's it not week. incredible. The Incredibles. The mo- that's right. The one you didn't like. <laughs> uh, I haven't no- seen that either. The but nominees you said it wasn't for as good. animated were Ralph Breaks the Internet, which I saw. Um, it was okay. It was not certainly not nomination worthy. Incredibles two, which I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Um, Mirai, which I don't know what that is. Looks like a Japanese uh, film, mm-hmm. like in Japan. Uh, we don't see Japanimation anymore. Anime. Uh, Isle of Dogs and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. So certainly those two are the favorites in that category. Probably Spider-Man is the favorite. I think I think it is because yeah. it, it really was an incredible film and it does it does everything right with Spider-Man that all those other movies got wrong. Like all the other Andrew Garfield ones and the later Sam Raimi one and Venom and all these other movies. Like it's just so much fun to watch. It's, Spider-Man should be fun, right? That's what they didn't do well in those other movies. So no, it's a great film. I, de- I and I actually if you could still get it and see it in the theater, Mm-hmm. It's really good in the theater. Like the, visually, it's really wow. incredible. So I would, um, I keep saying the word incredible, 
But anyway, so, <laughs> so I should see The Incredibles then. Yes, that's right. See The Incredibles. <laughs> um, so okay, the other okay, Black Panther is the best picture. Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star Is Born, Vice. No surprises. Not All really. of those are pretty. Um, By the way, you know what I'm looking forward to? The people screwing up Black Panther and Black Klansman yeah, no and getting those two movies mixed yeah. up. And I love the fact that that sets the stage for a final category in which it'll be easy for the person reading to to say the wrong one. If one, if one of them wins, it'll be easy to mistakenly say the other one. So we might get another great Oscar moment. I'm sure they're going to make sure everybody is like, don't mix up those two that sound like they're <laughs> similar. Don't you think so? Maybe. I'll still keep, uh, what's her name? What's his name away from it? Um, Warren Beatty away from the... Mike on that one. I felt bad for Warren Beatty. Yeah, it wasn't his fault. It wasn't his fault. Yeah, I felt bad. And then, then he comes back to the mic to explain. Yeah. Then he comes back the following year to explain. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Now he's got to come back this they're year not, and explain again. They're never going to let it go. Yeah, he's going to come back this year and go, wow. Here's the thing. Okay, well, and we'll get into the snubs in a second, but I think this year it just seems like the interest in this is at an all-time low. I, don't, I agree. I don't think anybody's talking about no. it. I mean, people are talking about it, but really, like, it's just a regular day. Nobody's really getting excited about it. My students um, could care less. Exactly. It's just come on. Nobody cares. We'll all we'll see the movies eventually. Yeah. There's no urgency to go see these movies. And yeah, it's just I expect these, especially now that there's no host. Like they've they've kind of ditched the whole host thing. Mm -hmm. So um, I think that it's going to kind of go. It's not ratings are not going to be good on this. I think it's going to be an all time low for ratings, and mm -hmm. ultimately nobody's going to care about what happens. It's going to be life as usual kind of thing. Well, you know, there's an interesting take in today's Globe and Mail. The TV critic John Doyle says um, Oscars just used to be this thing, this juggernaut, and it was the signal that spring was starting. And he's like, the first problem was when they pushed it back to February. Like, it used to always be in spring. It used to be like... The, it was like, in March, right? Right, right. Or was it even April? Well, maybe it was April, yeah. I think okay. it was. And so he's, he's like, and it used to be on a Monday and sort of all this stuff yep. Yep. about how they used to do it. And he's like, now that they pushed it to February for sweeps and uh, so that it's gets ra it's more rated, it's sort of lost its luster. But uh, it's 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 not... And it, like, basically, he... he he calls it out for being it's all focus on ratings now as opposed to and and ticket sales for films because right. it's you know the way they they've come up with this uh formula of releasing these films really late in the year so they they're eligible to be nominated but yet they're still in theaters when the nominations come out that's that's bullshit as well because you know mm -hmm. there are movies that came out at all times of year and they, there are ones that may, and I mean, they're not, I mean, eighth grade is not in here at all, right? Mm. Eighth grade, I've heard. Oh, no, that's I've one of the that subs. Uh, yeah, exactly. I've heard that that one was very good and it should be, there should be at least a nomination for the, the actress who is in, who's the main character in that film. Yeah, it's a, that's and, a bit of a surprise that it's just shut out altogether. Well, I mean, but it didn't, it's not top of mind. And maybe their advertising or their marketing campaign wasn't, uh, is very strong. I love when I go to like websites like Variety and Hollywood Reporter and they have like four year consideration ads that pop yeah. up. You ever see those? Yes, I do. It's like, yeah, that's, that's what they're doing. They're advertising to the, Academy and wanting yeah. their and there's some some films that's why a lot of people say that's why Bohemian Rhapsody won the best uh, picture a comedy a musical uh, award at the Golden Globe was because they had a better uh, campaign than than A Star Is Born mm -hmm. or whatever so it, it it's not great I mean they would argue it's better for movies than it was but it's not because we're gonna get another thing I'm expecting this year is another big push of go see movies in the theater it's where mm -hmm. the magic happens and here let's go let's go. i loved it when they like 
surprised the unsuspecting theater goers last year. Was it last yeah. year? And they kind of went in there and, and threw stuff into the audience and stuff. It's like, ah, come on, guys. Like, it's just not. It's just people will watch it wherever they watch it. Stop fixating on the theater. Right. You know what I mean? It's going to be anywhere you want to, you know, watch on your phone, watch on your computer, watch on your TV. You know, that's what people want to do now. They, yeah. they can't keep clinging on to this outdated model. Absolutely. That's it. End rant. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's go to snubs. What do we have for snubs? Bradley Cooper, uh, not nominated for director for A Star is Born, and Peter Fairley, not nominated for Green Book. Yeah. I don't care about either. Like, it's not surprising that they weren't nominated. I mean, you know, it, everyone's surprised that Bradley well, the, Cooper can direct. Yeah, so. but the, but then you always get the, well, I guess the movie directed itself then if the person. But it's like, no, yeah. there's only so many categories and yeah. people spread out their votes. And they and again, they have yeah. 10 nominations for Best Picture and five right. nominations for So what do you think's going to happen? So they yeah. have to knock some of those off. They can't all be nominated for both. Yeah, uh, their movie's nominated for best picture. That should be enough, right? Yeah. Uh, Ethan Hawke for first reformed, not that, nominated. That one is a bit of a like. I I thought he really that. I mean, he is that film. Okay. So so it is. It's that's too bad. Yeah. Because he really deserved it. For and that. he's a he. I mean, he's a, a favorite of mine from long going yeah. way back. Like he's always been good and everything. Even like the one where the, he was like the, the horror movie that was like uh, Insidious or something like that. It was like he was a writer, yeah. true crime writer, and he was still pretty good in that. The movie's in, eh, but he's still pretty good. Uh, Tony Collette for Hereditary. Oh, I never thought of that. Why? Yeah, like she, that's a really good movie, and she's really good in it. And why? Because it's a horror movie. They don't they don't know genre films as much. Well, we know they don't like horror and they don't like comedy. Well, you know, but they like superhero movies now. Drama so. and biopics, however. Yeah, and period pieces. <laughs> uh, best supporting actor: Michael B. Jordan for Black Panther. No, I don't see that as a snub. I guess it's, it, they're lucky that movie got nominated at all. Yeah, I agree. I I I mean, as I've always said, uh, that that whole movie is one. Like, you can't sit down on the toilet in Wakanda because someone's going to challenge you for the throne. <laughs> Let's put it that way. It's just one challenge after another. And I hate, more than anything, I hate the person, the actor whose job it is to go, yeah, it's true. He can challenge you, you know. Like, the person, and we're just supposed, oh, yeah, it must be true. Oh, yes. It must right. be true that uh, Gravedigger number one agrees and says, uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like, he knows, that, that, he knows the legend better than anybody else. And he knows also, the tradition. the way those tracks work is the power oh, yeah. goes out and then it comes on. It's like, yeah, okay, I see what you're doing. You're laying the pipe. So later on, when they're fighting on those tracks, like that drives, that's kind of storytelling that drives me crazy. That's why it's not a great movie. Right, I don't think it is a great movie. Yeah. But I also don't think Avengers is a great movie. And, no, and nobody agrees with me. Infin so, Infinity War? You didn't? Yeah, no, I was not a fan of it. Okay. I'm still not a fan yeah. of it. Although I saw it twice. And the second time I was like, okay, I'll grudgingly admit that some of the parts are better than others. Yeah. So it's, I don't think it's a, a complete wash. I don't it's, think Black Panther is a complete wash. It's not nominated for I, Best Picture. Black right. Panther is nominated for right. Best Picture. <laughs> that's right. Okay. That's that's the issue that people are. It's it's a it's a purely political nomination, and it's not going to win. There's no way it's going to win. I'm glad so many people enjoy that movie. I really am. Yeah. Good. It's fine. Good for the movie. Good for Marvel. Yay for superheroes. But in terms of the year's best film, the best movie of the year. Yeah. That's I don't know. It. I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't rank it. And I think most Marvel fans, I don't know if they would or not. I, mean, not, I guess not, I won't. not according to the the feedback on the FanQuest page since I posted that. That's most people say. Even one one comment was, "Well, I don't, people will think I'm racist if I say I didn't like it." I'm like, "Well, I don't think that's what people no. are saying." But um, but that's I don't know. Anyway, but, I don't but, get into that. I mean, that's why I say, and it's true. 
that I just to me the writing in that film just isn't where I would want it it's, to be. <laughs> but I'm the same. I'm the same with with the Avengers: Infinity War. It's just not. It's a setup. For a film that's right. coming that's later, right? Exactly. It's it's more focused on the sequel yeah. than the uh, being in the actual movie. Yeah. It's like um, criticizing that new Ghostbuster sequel because people assume that you don't like it because uh, because there's women right. in it, right? That's not why I don't like it. It's no. not a great movie. It, is it has not. nothing to do with the cast. It has to do with the writing and the execution and the story. The cast is fine. All those actresses are great. Yeah. Uh, in separate things, but they just it just did not come together as well as I hoped. Plus, we all want to see a Ghostbusters movie with the original cast in it, like the one they teased last week. Absolutely. So whatever. And I just saw another piece that said Leslie Jones is is like upset that they're making that movie because I guess their film was supposed to be the reboot of the franchise, and they're not making a sequel because it didn't do very well. And they're making instead they're doing the you know what everybody wanted in the first place, which is the original actors, except for of course Harold Ramis coming back. Right. Um, and that's I don't know. It's just. Just not a great movie. That's it. It has nothing to do with the the sex of the actors. It's just the. Not only that, I think it would be a better film if the film were about uh, gender empowerment, about right. yes. women. And that like, has nothing to do with no, it. No, and in yeah. fact, the film is just a bunch of hackneyed cliches, one after another after another, to the point where I was like, "Why am I even watching this?" Yeah, it's I like, didn't watch the whole thing. I turned it off. Yeah, it's it, the and the acting is not good. The direction is not good. It's just and it's poorly written. Um, it, it's, it's, I don't know anybody who, who saw that film and went like, finally, they made the Ghostbusters I want. They didn't. And <laughs> they by did. the they way, made it in 1984 or whenever the first one came out. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. That's right. But, uh, just, you know, we're not, uh, you know, if, if they re- rebooted Steel Magnolias, let's say, and Bill Murray was in the lead role, I'd say that's garbage too. That's right. Like, like. S- Sisterhood of the Traveling uh, Pants? Bro- <laughs> Brotherhood of the Traveling Pants? No. Not going to work. It's not going to work. Not going to work. All right. Uh, other uh, first man, uh, Claire Foy snubbed for Best Supporting Actress. I've not seen that one. No. Um, it, it's surprising that it did not get more traction than p- people, I guess, are bored of that type of uh, stuff. Like It's not uh, Apollo 13 days anymore. It's not. Movies have had a love affair with NASA for yeah. year after year after year. And I think I think maybe we've just reached peak NASA. Like, I think maybe. maybe, you know, timing's everything. I just don't think people were really. Yeah. And especially Raw Raw America. Yeah, that's point. when people didn't. Oh, uh, no, they didn't. They didn't do that in that movie, though. They didn't show the part. People were pissed off because they didn't show the part where he puts the American flag. Uh, on the I moon. think I don't think that's true. I think that's. Uh, I think that was to get people riled up before the movie came out. Oh, so they do show that? I think they do. Oh, okay. Okay, I might be wrong. I, I thought they. I thought they didn't show it, so they wanted it to appeal to a mass. Like they, they learned the lesson from uh, Independence Day, and they actually. I don't think so. so and I the think world does not want to see us gloat over our, our going to the moon first. We're two. We're two people who haven't seen it, so yeah, that's just right. somebody has seen it, and they yeah. can clarify it. But I do think there was some degree because I remember the filmmaker coming out to correct it. Oh, to correct okay. the misinformation. I see. So, so we won't spread any misinformation. We'll see. We haven't. We'll say we haven't seen it, but do tell us. Um, best documentary. You said you had an issue with it. What was your issue? I don't have an issue with it, but there's something missing. What? The thing that everybody loves, which is the Mister Rogers. Yeah, documentary. that's the one that's listed here as well. Mister Rogers, won't yeah. you be my neighbor? Documentary about Mister Rogers. I haven't seen it yet, um, but yeah, it's not mm-hmm. nominated. But this is my. Th- I got a theory about that one. I tweeted it this morning. My theory is uh, why award a documentary when Tom Hanks is going to play the character wow. next year and then we can kill two birds with one stone. <laughs> we can celebrate Mr. Rogers and Mr. Tom Hanks in one quick nomination. Uh, just quickly going over the nominations, we didn't do that category. Best documentary, 
Have you seen any of these? Um, of Fathers and Sons, Hale Co County this morning, this eve, Minding the Gap, RBG, or Free Solo. Is that about Han Solo? Uh, RBG I've seen. Uh, about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, the uh, what was the other one? Hale County. Hale County this morning, this this evening, or something. Mm, I like might that. have seen that. I, I I think I saw that one. And was there another one? Minding there? the Gap, Free Solo. Minding the Gap is one everybody loves. I know. I think it's about skateboarding. Okay. Free Solo is uh, one that is not available on iTunes yet, but Looks I plan like it's to about, see it. Uh, rock climbing or something like that. Yeah, but don't free call climbing? it. I, I, I hate the title Free Solo because well, it sounds like Return of the Jedi. Yeah, it's like the solo yeah. sequel. Return of the Jedi, Free Solo, which is basically what they do right. in Return of the Jedi. All right. Anything else you want to say about the Free Willy? Another Free Willy joke, maybe. <laughs> free Free Willy, Free Solo. Anything else you want to say about the Oscar nominations before Are, we do recommendations? Well, what I was going to do for my recommendations is I have been watching uh, films trying to get ready for the Oscars, and I watched a bunch that weren't nominated. So instead of no, instead of uh, uh, favorites, uh, favorites, what I'll do is I'll read the ones, the films that I loved that I saw that were made last year that were not that nominated. were not nominated okay, for good. a damn thing. Ready? Okay, yeah. Eighth grade. Yeah. The second Sicario movie, okay. which I think is really good. What? That's really? Oh, it's really good. Day of the Soldado? It is good. Oh, I heard it was not good. I know, okay. but it, but I ha I disagree. Okay. I thought, having seen the first one, I was like, I don't want to see a lesser version. I don't think it is. I think it's good. Okay. Um, You Were Never Really Here with your Keen Phoenix. Okay. Mandy with uh, Nicholas Cage. I didn't like that one. Oh, I loved it. No. Uh, Mission Impossible Fallout? Didn't like that one. Oh, you're crazy. No. Uh, Private Life, which is now on Netflix. Uh, Leave No Trace, which I saw yesterday, did I say? I think it was yesterday, a couple days ago. Um, Hearts Beat Loud, a wonderful film uh, that is like a spiritual successor to High Fidelity. Ooh, I like um, the sound of that one. Uh, it's really good. First Reformed, which is the Ethan Hawke film. Juliet Naked, which is a delightful uh, British romp uh, written by Nick Hornby. Same guy who wrote About a Boy. Really and, good. And uh, High Fidelity. High Fidelity. Um, Unsane, an awesome movie, which is now also showing on Shaw for nothing. On Cra I think Crave has it for nothing. So Unsane. Um, Swimming with Men, a very funny British film about uh, an all-male, uh, what do you call it again? Uh, synchronized Swimming synchronized Team. Synchronized Swimming Team, that's it. <laughs> Um, that premise sounds hilarious. And it, it, it is. Okay. It's, it's, you know what it is? It's the, like the full Monty for swimming. It, exactly. That's just what I was going to say. <laughs> and it is. It's a delight. Um, and I think it's only got 60% on IMDb okay. or something. But it, no, I, I enjoyed it. It's funny. If you're in the mood for just a wacky British comedy, I sure liked it. It's not even that wacky. It's kind of a nice, kind of a warm-hearted British comedy, okay. I would say. Tully. Which is a wonderful. Oh, I heard film. about that one. Yeah, oh. Charlize, Charlize Theron. Oh right? yeah, yes, I heard that oh. one. It was good. Yeah, come on, I cannot believe I saw that and I was like, she'll be nominated. No, okay. but she is fantastic. And lastly, Game Night. Do you see Game Night? No, but I've heard good things. Oh my god, it is so friggin' funny that I like I, I was like, give everybody here an Oscar all well, around. They, like you said, they don't like comedies, right? They so don't they, like they don't, com they don't nominate comedies for that kind of stuff. That film for me, there's an opening sequence. <laughs> And that I, I I like the film from the word go. And there's an opening sequence where you just I, if you like that opening sequence, you're like I'm that's it. I'm in. I'm in. It's so friggin' funny. And I'm not going to give away anything other than to say, 
Watch that first 15 minutes. And I'm telling you, you're going to you're in you're in for the entire right. thing. And there's some and I also think there's some great performances in game night that are overlooked because it's a comedy. But what so enjoyable and available for free on demand once again uh, through uh, through through your Shaw provider. Excellent. Uh, fun fact, you don't actually need to have a cable subscription subscription to get Crave. No, that's, that's what I discovered. I was looking into it this yeah. week and you can actually get Crave. Plus whatever they call it for twenty bucks a month that right. includes HBO. Yep. I wanted to talk about this on a future episode because we have Game of Thrones coming back, and I'm not planning to get HBO. I'm planning to get Crave, f- just for that. Um, but anyway, um, for me, for my recommendations, you might remember back in the summertime where we went to Brazen Hall. I sure uh, do. And we had a lovely. I had my bourbon beer and bacon uh, shot or whatever that th- hell that mm-hmm. thing was. It was awesome. And we talked about, that was when we were sitting down with Chris Schiffen, and we talked about the Comic-Con trailers and things that were revealed at San Diego Comic-Con. And one of those things that was revealed that Chris and I made fun of quite quite heavily was uh, Titans, which was uh, this uh, kind of edgy, uh, dark look at the Teen Titans uh, comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like, it had like, he said, fuck Batman and that kind of stuff. That was, in my opinion, the wrong clip to air. At that, that made it look stupid. Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I quite oh. enjoyed it. I ran, I blew through the ten episodes that are on. It's on Netflix now, so it's interesting that this thing was. Oh was, yeah, it was meant to launch the DC yeah. um, streaming service. Mm-hmm. I don't know how well it did on that. They're not releasing numbers, and I don't know how many. people It's only available in the states, so I don't know how many people actually subscribe to it. But there's not much else on that service. But um, it is now on Netflix. It's come now. Of course, this is Netflix original, even though it's not. And uh, it's on Netflix, and there's 10 episodes, and they vary in length, sometimes an hour, sometimes 45 minutes, but I actually quite enjoyed the whole thing. It's an interesting twist on the characters. I'm fairly familiar with the characters because my kids like the cartoon, but I also read the comic book as a, as a kid as well. Uh, the only person missing is Cyborg because Cyborg is in the uh, Justice League movie, so he's kind of outside that right. universe. But we might see him. I don't know. We, sure. saw, we saw some other tangential uh, DC characters come into this. Um, they, there's a lot of talking about Batman because Robin's in this, right? Robin is uh, it's Dick Grayson uh, after he left Batman, after he, he broke up with Batman. Um, so he's trying to... I think I think we're probably going to see him transition into Nightwing at some point in the series, although yeah. he hasn't done it yet in the... Anyway, I, I really liked it. I, I'm like, you know, I watch all the comic book movie, uh, comic book TV shows and movies, and I that was one of the ones I, I watched it every night, like for for a week. Awesome. Until, so there you go. Just check out Titans, uh, now streaming on Netflix. Awesome. That's gonna do it for this episode of Media Nerds. I'm Dan Vadabonker. I'm Kenton Larson. Don't let the door hit you in the ass.